Hello and welcome to another episode of the Leo Alves podcast and on today's podcast episode I'm continuing with the theme of covering subjects that you vote for on my Instagram story. So just to fill you in if you've got no idea what I'm speaking about basically every few days I'm uploading polls on my story and I'm letting you vote for whichever subjects I speak about and then basically the, the subject that has the most votes I cover it on this podcast episode and I'm uploading free polls and I've got three subjects to speak about each time. So the most popular subject for today's podcast episode from my most recent poll was tips for getting over gym intimidation, which to be honest, I can't believe I've never spoken about on the podcast before because I feel like I've spoken about it a ton on social media. Maybe not so much recently, but I definitely have in the past. I've made a YouTube video about it. And uh, yeah, that's probably the only two places. Oh, and I've written an article about it as well. But to think I've never spoken about it on the podcast is kind of mind-blowing to me. And then the second subject I'm going to speak about today is tips for improving your sleep, which to be honest is a subject that I never really speak about anywhere near as much as I think I should because it's actually a super important subject. I've recently made a YouTube video on it, but again, I, I think it would be really cool to cover on the podcast as well. And then the last one was tips for how you can lose weight without tracking calories. Anyway, I'm going to cover each subject in no particular order. It's going to take a bit longer than the other ones just because I have quite a bit to say about gym intimidation. I have quite a bit to to say about improving your sleep and I do have a, a decent amount to say about how to lose weight without tracking calories. Anyway, let me just get stuck in without saying too much. So gym intimidation, let's go. So First of all, before I get stuck into speaking about specific tips for how you can get over your gym intimidation, I want you to understand that if you have gym intimidation, you're actually part of the majority, not the minority. And I think a lot of people don't realize that. I think a lot of people think they're actually the minority and uh, and that when they're inside the gym, it's very easy to overthink it. They feel like everyone is looking at them. And by them, I mean you, you feel like everyone is looking at you. Whereas it's like I said, you are part of the majority. This is something I hear about time and time and time and time and time again. So that's one thing I want to get across first of all. You are, again, part of the stronger majority. And to be honest, one thing I want you to understand for when you are in the gym is that no one gives a damn about what you're doing in there. No one gives a damn about what you're doing, not a soul. Not even the most intimidating looking of people because again, most people are too focused on themselves. Now, to that, you could probably say, oh, but Leo, they definitely are judging me. I can tell that person's always staring. And you know what? Here's two potential scenarios as an answer to that sentence or to that thought process. So scenario number one, let's say for the sake of the conversation that you're right and they are looking at you, you can't let it affect you. Now, I know it's easier said than done. Still, you cannot use the fear of someone else's opinion to prevent you from reaching your health and fitness goals or from transforming yourself for the better and stopping you from joining a gym or stepping inside the gym. Because do you let the opinion of others dictate what you do or you don't do in your day-to-day life? I, I hope not. And anyone else who negatively judges others has a them issue. It's not a you issue. And I bet my bottom euro, you know, I'd say dollar, but I'm in Portugal, that there's something in their life that they're unhappy about so they try to place that feeling of unhappiness on others as a coping mechanism they need to feel superior somehow if anything don't you feel sorry for them and i want you to promise me that after you've finished reading uh, listening to this podcast i should say that you'll no longer let the opinion of others stop you from improving your life so that's scenario one 
and you're over to scenario two. They're not actually staring at you and you're overthinking it. Or maybe they were, but it was because they really liked the trainers you wore or the tracksuits you had on. It's interesting how we're always quick to perceive it in a negative light. And why might that be the case? It's because it's expected that when you're scared to go to the gym and you're joining a gym for the first time, you feel like everyone is watching and judging your every breath in an environment you are uncomfortable in. But you need to remember that most people's attention spans are way too short for them to give a damn about your entire 45 minute workout. No one is that special, I'm sorry. Most people can only stay focused for a few seconds. I'm sure that whilst you've been even listening to this podcast, you've been looking at your WhatsApp, your Instagram, your Twitter, for example, that lady you saw killing the hit workouts. She's too busy eye messaging as she rests. Or that super jack dude you saw lifting the heavy ass dumbbells. He's too busy telling his training partner that he's got to leave in no longer than 20 minutes because he's got father duties to attend to. Again, it's interesting how we're always quick to perceive it in such a negative light, isn't it? Anyway, now I'm going to get stuck into the more specific tips because I did feel like those two points were very important to, to get across before I give the more specific tips. So, gym intimidation. Here are some specific tips as to how you can improve it. Tip number one is go in with a plan. If you go into the gym without a clue as to what you are going to do, you will feel out of control and the gym intimidation will feel much worse. Why? Because you will have no idea how to effectively navigate your time there. This will make you feel more lost, more embarrassed to go to the gym and more like you're being watched, causing your gym phobia to only keep growing. So my recommendation is to get yourself a plan from somewhere, anywhere. It doesn't matter, just have something. If anything, you know what? I do have a free full body workout that you can download from my website and I'll link that in the show notes of this podcast episode. So sorted. And uh, having a plan when joining a gym for the first time will make everything feel more straightforward because you'll know exactly where you're starting, where you're finishing, how many sets you'll be doing for each exercise, how many reps you'll be aiming for, what your rest time is in between each set and the list goes on. Most importantly, you'll have a focus and a goal. Now a little pro tip for you before I get stuck on to tip number two. And this pro tip is kind of a like an addition to the first tip I've just mentioned about having a plan is to, if you don't feel comfortable in the dumbbell area, which I like to call the testosterone, implement more machine-based exercises into your plan. If that's something that you can do, if your gym has machines, then focus on those more. So you could, for example, do the chest press machine instead of the dumbbell chest press or a leg press instead of a barbell squat. And this allows you to get a workout in without stepping into what may arguably be the most intimidating area in most gyms which could be probably one of the main reasons why you don't want to go. Anyway, over to tip number two, which is exposure. And you'll know what I mean as I speak about this a little bit more. Now, this is hands down one of the most important things that you have to do to get over your gym intimidation. So by any chance, have you heard of exposure therapy? Because many studies show that it works. For example, if you're scared of spiders, then a great way to overcome that fear is if you slowly expose yourself to them over time. An example of stages could look like seeing a spider in a separate room that it can't pass through. And then being in the same room as one whilst it's covered in a cage. And then being in the same room as one whilst uncovered in a cage. And then touching one whilst it's still uncovered in a cage. You get the gist. So if we have to put it in the perspective of you going to the gym, one way to get over your gym intimidation is by actually going to the gym. And I know that sounds crazy, but for as long as you keep holding it off and never go, the feeling of gym intimidation that you have will only grow because the feeling of gym intimidation does not just magically vanish one day, but slowly expose yourself to the environment consistently over time and you can bet that the feeling will start to ease. Now, how quickly will that happen? I can't guarantee any period, but the important thing is that as long as you're going and the feeling is easing, you're winning. 
I can guarantee that never going because you're embarrassed to go to the gym or you're worried about what others will think once you're there is only a short-term solution for you right now, but it will only make your life more difficult over the long term. So some stages to gradually expose yourself to a gym environment could be if you're joining a gym for the first time, sign up, get the membership, have a complimentary tour whilst you're there. And then as well as that, attending a class could also allow you to meet a few people and make you feel more comfortable. Another point is to have your first workout or two entirely based in the area you feel most comfortable. For example, it could just be the cardio equipment. It could just be the resistance machines. And then another point is work out with a friend using as much gym equipment as you please. Or you could even hire a trainer to help you, whether it's with me at Keros Online or a one-to-one personal trainer at the gym. Having someone guide you through your workout plans can be game-changing because you don't have any guesswork. Obviously, there's no fixed order or method for this gym phobia thing. But still, the important thing is you go to the gym and you get something done. Trust me, you will be so damn proud of yourself, as will I. Now, on to tip number three, learn the exercises beforehand. And I can't stress this one enough as well. I think a lot of people don't place the place enough importance on this one, I should say. Because, uh, yeah, I feel like it's just, okay, I'm going to the gym and then I'm just going to figure it out once I'm there. But don't you realize you're contributing to your gym intimidation by doing that? Because when you're there, that also means that you're not going to be sure about what you're doing. And we have to remove as much uncertainty as we can from whilst we're just from basically our experience there so learn the exercises beforehand fail to prepare and you can prepare to fail if you want to know how to deal with intimidation then learn again the exercises in advance so this will help you prevent you from standing around feeling lost and unsure quickly watching five minute youtube videos at two times speed because you decided to postpone learning the exercise to the very last minute or you're just copying the next guy you saw do it not realizing he had terrible form and now so do you And now it's just an injury waiting to happen. So how do you avoid those outcomes? Take 15 minutes out before the workout sometime and educate yourself. It'll be a skill you have for life. This is also why I've set up an entire exercise library exclusive for my Keras Online members so that they never have to feel like that. Now onto tip number four, get outside support. And this is another great tip when it comes to knowing how to deal with intimidation. And what do I mean by this exactly? So you could join a Facebook group, you could join a community, you could hire a personal trainer, you could start with me at Kairos Online. And these can be game changers when making progress because you'll no longer feel alone. The benefit of hiring a professional trainer is that the element of guesswork is removed. You can rely on their skills and experience to guide you, reducing that feeling of gym intimidation. Because the issue with sometimes sharing how you feel with friends is you can't help but sometimes feel like you'll be judged. Whereas being with like-minded communities filled with people on similar missions can feel more comforting, leaving you feeling more empowered. Now onto tip number five, at least I think this is tip number five. Go at roughly the same times and days, if possible, of course, but definitely something to consider when joining a gym for the first time. Because what going at roughly the same times and days does is allows you to grow familiar with the same gym crowd, and more familiarity likely equals more comfort in an environment. And you may soon realize that the super ripped dude from earlier may seem intimidating on the outside, but he's actually super friendly and routinely says hello whenever he sees you. Or alternatively, if it's a crowd that doesn't say much, then that's okay too. Getting used to most of their faces could still be a big game changer for how you feel. And you may even start to notice a few of the other newbies too, because trust me when I say many people who attend your gym feel the same way that you do. And you just don't notice it because you're so fixated on your own gym phobia and all the people who look like they live in there. Now onto the next point, which I've definitely lost count now. I think that's tip number six is there comes a time when you just have to go. Because I can give you all the tips and tactics in the world, but they will only work if you turn around and apply them. 
Now, is this hard love? Maybe, but nothing will change the fact that you've just got to push yourself to be uncomfortable. Yes, I understand you're scared to go to the gym and don't like it, but part of life consists of doing things you don't like, especially when it's good for you. Forever avoiding things you don't like means you're not going to grow. To put it bluntly, taking that step towards joining a gym for the first time and then actually going will be the most powerful thing that you can do after finishing this. So make sure you get it done. And uh, just the fact that you've listened this far through means that you are definitely on the right path to making progress with your gym intimidation. So you don't have to apply all those tips. I do want to say that before moving on to the next subject, but definitely apply at least two or three and you will find that will be a big game changer with your uh, gym intimidation levels. And again, this is something you have to give time to. Don't expect to go to the gym for the first time and then immediately expect that feeling of gym intimidation to vanish. This is a process, but it's a process that you have to give time to and give yourself a chance. Again, it's not going to take one day. It might not take one week or maybe even one month, but again, exposure therapy, keep going, expose yourself enough times to the environment and you'll feel a lot more comfortable there not everyone that is there just felt comfortable on day one you know these are also a lot of the people that you see who look comfortable there are also people who had to go through that initial phase of giving themselves time to grow and and get comfortable in that environment anyway enough about gym intimidation now i do hope you found that helpful i'm going to start speaking about sleep and how you can improve it because the thing is with sleep i feel like it's one of the most overlooked subjects and it can improve muscle gain it can improve fat loss general fitness, reduction in diseases, and pretty much everything. No, this is not an exaggeration. Again, sleep is one of the most important things and we have to start giving it the respect it deserves. Now, before starting, again, just like I said for gym intimidation, you don't have to apply every single point that I'm about to give you, but you would do very well to apply at least two or three points about how you can improve your sleep because two or three points, because the application of two or three points, I should say, is better than the zero that you were potentially doing before. So let's get stuck in. So point number one is, if possible, have a consistent sleep schedule. Go to bed and wake up at the same time every day, including weekends. Always staying up super late on weekends complicates your sleep schedule the first few days of the following week, leaving you always playing catch up every week. Think about it like this. If you're always staying up super late on weekends, you're basically giving yourself a sort of jet lag which means that every few days of the following week, or the first few days of the following week, week, I should say, so Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you're then trying to fix your jet lag, and then maybe on Thursday, it's okay, and then on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you do it again. So you're just in this cycle of sleeping too late and then trying to fix it, and then sleeping too late and then trying to fix it. That messes you up. If possible, of course, have a consistent sleep schedule. It's important. And you will find that life feels a lot smoother as well. Anyway, on to point number two is create a relaxing routine to help you wind down before sleeping. And this could include reading, taking a hot shower or meditating, as well as avoiding upbeat music, movies, videos, bright lights, basically anything that's just going to keep you awake. For example, don't be listening to heavy metal an hour before bed or really intense movies for the hour within bedtime. Like that's more likely going to keep you awake. Again, if you can wind down, read a book, do something relaxing, you are going to gradually put yourself to sleep, I promise you. Now, point number three, make sure your bedroom is set up to be a great sleep environment. For example, keep it cool, dark, quiet, and relaxed. Invest in comfortable bedding as well. For example, mattresses, mattress toppers, pillows. And my recommendation is, you know what, to get a pregnancy pillow. They are very comfortable. I was impressed. 
And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. And you know what? One thing I do want to say about investing in the, the bedding is that a lot of people, and I've met people like this before, they'll say, oh, it's too expensive. But then those same people will turn around and splash, I don't know how much money on cocktails in one night. And that's just one night. But the bedding that you have, you're going to have that for at least a year, at least maybe five, you know, who knows? And then if you think about how often you sleep in that, it ends up costing you pennies if you like divide it by the amount of nights that you sleep on it for. So it's 100% worth the trade-off. I think it just depends where your priorities are at. If you want to just sleep on worse bedding, that's up to you. But, you know, don't complain about your sleep if you, you're not willing to invest in it. But then you also buy and spend your money on crap all the time. And, you know, this isn't me saying what you shouldn't shouldn't spend your money on. It's entirely up to you. But again, like I said, just don't complain about crap sleep after if that is you. So on to point number four is minimize blue light. And by blue light, I mean like phones, laptops, TVs for at least an hour before bedtime. And I'd say avoid, but in 2023 with how much our lives are centered around these devices nowadays, that might not be realistic. So you do well to at least minimize it. Or you know what, at least put on night mode because all these devices nowadays, they come with night mode. So you should put night mode on or night shift or whatever it's called on the device you have. And that will definitely help. Because blue light can disrupt, and you know what, it's not can, it will. It will disrupt your body's natural melatonin production. So it's basically your body's way of knowing whether or not it's daytime. Because obviously if it sees that blue light, it still thinks it's daytime. Anyway, point number five, avoid caffeine, alcohol, and large meals close to bedtime, if possible, of course, because these can and will interfere with your sleep. And potential swaps could include maybe decaf sodas and coffee and potentially switch to a large lunch instead of a large dinner. Point number six is the 30 minute tip. To be honest, that's just a made up name I made for it. You can call it your own like rule if you want. But basically, if you can't fall asleep for 30 minutes after you've put your head in the pillow, engage in a relaxing activity until you feel tired. Such as the ones I mentioned in tip two, where I said meditation, taking a hot shower, reading, and personal favorite of mine is to read my Kindle. And I know a Kindle is an electrical device, but they do come with that like sleep-friendly mode or whatever it's called. Because obviously the makers of Kindle had that in mind because they know most people are likely to read it before they go to bed. So they did make it like sleep-friendly. Anyway, that's about it for the sleep tips. Again, don't feel like you have to apply every single one. Trying to apply every single one will only overwhelm you, but do pick two or three points from that list and apply them from today or tomorrow. You would do very well to do that. Anyway, on to the final subject, which was tips for how to lose weight without tracking calories. Now, before I get into that, I do wanna say, if you've never tracked calories before, you need to do it. You're just someone who says, oh, I don't wanna track calories because it just seems like a lot of effort, do it. You need to do it more than anyone because the education it will give you will be mind blowing. You will learn a lot. And I'm not saying do it for life. I'm saying do it for like two or three days, maybe four days. You know what? Two days is not enough. Ignore what I just said. I would say ideally do it for at least 30 days consistently, not just when you feel like it, 30 days. But if that sounds like a mammoth task to you, I would say even maybe just three days, something, two weekdays and one weekend, just something. Because it's important to just be aware of what you're eating. And I've seen so many people before who've never tracked calories to then go and track calories and come out with so many what the fuck moments. Like their mind is blown as to like, oh my gosh, this has that amount of calories. Oh my gosh, I didn't realize I was eating that many fat. Oh my gosh, I, was, I thought I was eating more protein. And basically the list is endless. Again, this is just something I've seen so many times. So 
I do want to say, before giving you tips for how to lose weight without tracking calories, if you've never tracked calories before, do track them. Because it's, it's the most accurate way to know if you're in a calorie deficit as well, because ultimately you need to be in a calorie deficit for weight loss. And if you track your calories, then you will know whether or not you're in a calorie deficit. And obviously, if you're not tracking calories, then, you know, there is always going to be that small margin of uncertainty that you're actually in a deficit. Now, let me get stuck in. Because these tips that I am about to give you for how to lose weight without tracking calories can work extremely well. I will say that. The important thing with it is that you are just consistent. Now, the first method, there's actually two methods I would say. One is not so much a weight loss method. I would say this is the first one I'm about to give you is more of a weight loss method. And it's called three plates, two snacks. So three meals a day on a normal sized plate. Half the plate is vegetables or salad and or salad. A quarter of the plate is protein. And then the other quarter is carbs and or fats. So that's the, what your free meals would consist of each day. And then for the two snacks, each snack fits into your palm and is a fruit, protein or vegetable. And that would literally be it for the food guidelines. You shouldn't overcomplicate these things. I would also recommend you putting bright lines in place. Let's say you're going to eat out. Another great tactic to use is bright lines. Because let's say you're trying to lose weight and you're going out and you're, and you're going out drinking with your friends one night it's going to be very easy to go overboard. So I would say like having bright lines in place where you go out and you say, okay, you know what, let's say you're going to a barbecue just for the sake of the, of the example. It's going to be very easy to, you know, not be able to stop eating if you're there and you've got like no bright lines in place. And by bright lines, I mean like, okay, let's say you go to the barbecue, you tell yourself you can have whatever you want, but you're only allowed to have one plate. After you finish that one plate, you are done. No more. So that would be an example of a bright line. So it's, a, it's, it's different to the three plates, two snacks. To be honest, it's only useful for more social occasions. This isn't really something you can do every single day, like throughout the day. It's, it's just a, a very good tip to have for social occasions. And it's something you have to really respect yourself for. You can't just, you know, say you're going to have these bright lines and then break it every single time because then that's just useless. You really have to respect the bright lines that you put in place for yourself. So another example of bright lines could be, I'm only going to have two beers, for example. And once you have those two beers, you are done drinking for the night. That is it. The key with the bright lines is that you really respect your own bright lines that you set for yourself. Don't break them. Because the more you break them, the less you'll respect yourself and your own boundaries. And then uh, the final method that I spoke about after actually the one that I said at the start that isn't really a weight loss method is the three to one method. The reason why I would say this isn't really a weight loss method, I would say this is more like a positive habit building method for lack of a better word which to be honest could be something that you need right now like sometimes we just need to get good at more basic stuff before we try to get good at doing maybe not more complicated stuff but trying to take on more things at once so instead of trying to take on so many things at once follow the three to one method and that's where you drink three bottles of water a day let's say 500 milliliter bottles two pieces of fruit and a bowl of salad and if you're consistent with those three things every day that's good. That is most likely going to be better than you were doing before. And again, like I said, it's not a weight loss approach. But again, it's, it's, these are healthy habits that you are implementing every single day and good can only come from it. And what you have to realize as well is that if you're consistent with those three healthy habits every single day, I can bet you that it's going to motivate you more to do other healthy habits. And then before you know it, it starts to seep into other areas of your life as well. So it can only be a good thing. So don't worry about the three to one method potentially not being good enough. If you feel like, you know, that's what is good for you right now, then do that right now. Yeah, that's all I would say. Anyway, that's it. So how to get over gym intimidation, 
how tips for improving your sleep and tips for losing weight without tracking calories. Now, what I will say, and I think this is a very important note to finish the podcast episode on, especially with the last subject where I was talking about losing weight without tracking calories, but this could go for gym intimidation and improving your sleep as well, is speaking about the subject of consistency. So again, before finishing, it's essential to highlight the most important thing, which is consistency, because no plan will ever work without it. Because many people are in a state of forever learning, but never executing. So don't let this be you. After you listen to this podcast episode, turn around and take action. But saying that you shouldn't ever strive for perfection either, because being 100% consistent isn't better, it's prison. Make this process something you can sustain, meaning you shouldn't ever completely cut out any food. Fitness should complement your life, not take away from it. This journey doesn't need to take over every entire waking moment, because you have other duties, ambitions and memories to make. Aim for anywhere between 85 to 95% consistency, and you will get fantastic results. Because anyone who's ever made progress for good wasn't ever 100% consistent, they just got back on track every time they slipped up successful people are more consistent over the long run not perfect you don't have to consistently be great just be great at being consistent you got this anyway i'm going to leave the podcast episode at that for today i do hope you like this if you feel like someone you know could do with listening to this as well actually before i wind it down you know what let me just quickly summarize all three subjects because i feel like that can be quite an important fear not important but i feel like it's a good thing to do before finishing this podcast episode so for gym intimidation quickly point number one was going over plan point number two expose yourself to the environment point number three was learn the exercises beforehand point number four get outside support remember the inquiry form to potentially work with me at keros online one-to-one at keros online keros online is just the name of my brand you can find the inquiry form in the show notes of this episode. So if you are interested in getting that outside support to have someone keep you accountable, then you can click on that and uh, inquire to work with me and then I'll get back to you as soon as I as soon as soon I can. The other point was go at roughly the same times and days. And then the last point was there comes a time where you just have to get yourself to go. You can't keep procrastinating it. And then on the sleep point <clears throat> was... If possible, have a consistent sleep schedule. The second point was create a relaxing routine to help you wind down before sleeping. The third point was make sure your bedroom is set up to be a great sleep environment. Invest in comfortable bedding. Point number four, minimize blue light. Again, the keyword is minimize. Don't try and avoid it because that might not be sustainable. Again, we are in 2023 and our lives are very much centered around devices right now. Point number five, avoid caffeine, alcohol and large meals close to bedtime. Point number six, which was the final point, is the 30 minute rule where if you just can't fall asleep after 30 minutes, then engage in relaxing activities. And then uh, onto the last subject was how to lose weight without tracking calories is you could, the first approach was three plates, two snacks. The second approach was having bright lines in place, which you know what, you could probably pair with the three, two, one method, which was the third and final point. So I wouldn't do all three points. I do want to make that clear. Like I wouldn't do three plates, two snacks. And then I wouldn't do bright guidelines as well and then i wouldn't do the three two one method on top of that i would potentially do no more than two of those so again there's three potential different approaches there and you could pick two so don't try and do all three because you will overwhelm yourself pick two ideally just one and just get really good at just following one and then if you can get really good at following one potentially add a second but again if you've never tracked calories before do do it for 30 days i would strongly recommend it and this isn't to be annoying it's because 
I've seen firsthand the education, the experience and the way it can just benefit someone's life for the rest of their life firsthand many times. Otherwise, now I'm going to finish the episode for... uh, I'm coming up with a bit of a cough towards the end of this podcast episode. I really need some water. So yeah, I'm going to wind it down here now. I hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast episode. If you enjoyed it, do give this episode, uh, the podcast, a five-star review. Do drop a follow on the podcast as well. I would deeply appreciate that. And you know what? If you know a friend who has gym intimidation or who needs to improve their sleep or who wants to lose weight without tracking calories, then share this episode with them because I am sure they would appreciate it so, so much. Don't keep this knowledge to yourself. You know, let's spread the good stuff. Anyway, take care. Have a lovely day and I'll see you around.